Did, was it me or did she say she had her period? Did she actually say that? No, it was you. <laughs> Simo and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey everyone, this is Simo and welcome to part two of our special two-part mini-series, episode 15. Listen, we're going to get straight into our review of Street Machine Magazine, September 2018. And hang around because we're going to talk about our Street Machine of the Year choices as well. So without any further fucking around, let's get Bible studying. Oh, how I've missed that tune. It means my, it's my favourite part of my favourite podcast with my favourite ever magazine. And I've got a lot of fucking magazines I like, Simon. So will you please talk Bible study with the new Street Machine magazine with me? I sure can. I've got to tell you, we should be calling you News Agent. That should be your nickname with the amount of magazines you buy and read. But um, like if I'm, you can I'm, flick me some gold, Lotto, that'd be good too. You know what I... um. Yeah, fuck the Powerball. Fuck the motherfuckers. <laughs> no, no 100 million for you. No, not even. You know what I bought the other day? I, I, like, I, I try and buy five or ten magazines each time I go in there. I bought the Women's Weekly Meat Lovers Edition, and it was fairly fucking decent, actually. It's owned by the, the, the big German consortium that owns a lot of magazines, but it was actually fairly good, and I, I got the piss taken out of me for buying it, but it was, it was pretty good. They do hey, good work. Is it like a, like a cookbook magazine? Or something. Is that what the yeah. deal is? Yeah, one of the, uh, it's got like pub grub, a few recipes in there and stuff. And um, it was really good. I like to buy one ma- oh, I like to buy one magazine that I'm not involved with, or a um, history magazine, or a. I like to buy one of the other magazines that I'm not involved with, just to try and get a bit of form off it. You know, just try and work out who the editor is, who owns it, and how they how they produce their thing. Just as a bit of a, you know, like a, uh, R. M. Williams has really did great stuff with their magazine. Mate, fuck, it's worth it's worth a buy. It's like picture book quality. You can, it's, it's like National Geo used to be. It's in twenty years that book in your shed will still be great. A magazine in your shed, you get it out in the photo quality, it'll still be great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's it. I haven't read I haven't read one of those magazines for years. You know anything like that? So it's kind of funny, isn't it? How I guess what you have time to do changes as well. I mean, I'm lucky to freaking read Street Machine as it is. I mean, doing the podcast and just the fact that I love the magazines, what gets me through actually finding the time to read it. But, man, I've got a pile of books and other magazines a mile high that I've never got to. So, hang on. The freaking dogs. Coco, sorry, she's just wagging her tail against the wall. That's where the big thumping noise was. It wasn't me enjoying pleasurable time under the desk, I can tell you. You cannot tell me. I'm a professional mechanic. So somewhere down the line, some fucking genius, maybe at the Australian Taxation Office or the Consumer Affairs Department has worked out, fuck me, the hourly rate for these guys has to include them fucking goofing off and reading magazines because if we actually charge for the work that they do alone, fuck it, it'd be cheap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but that's just the modern society with, you know, smartphones and less of it too. That's right, mate. Street Machine Magazine, September 2018. Let's hit the ground running. Rig of the month, Redmond, please. What I'm going to actually do here is I'm going to use, uh, we asked a couple of episodes ago, uh, could we get some of our mutts, some of our listeners and our uh, supporters to write in their choice? So I'm going to do Brett Abraham here at the moment. I've got his, the rest of mine, but I've got his rig of the month. 
can I read this quote? This is what Brett wrote me when I asked him. Brett, sure. Thirty-five. Go for he it. Picked, uh, the EK, obviously, the excellent, you know, the spelled excellence for the EK, and I and I quote: "This is an unusual mix of tough and sweet, all blended together perfectly." <laughs> Listen to this. Anyone who's worked on an old sloppy Holden will know just how much work has gone into getting this car perfect. I'd cruise that thing all day and all night. <laughs> And that's written by uh, Carly? Yes, Carly Dale, that's right. I just don't have the photographer's name in front of me at the moment, sorry. That's okay, we'll add it in for you. What have you got for your rig of the month, buddy? Mate, basically that EK, the EK of Vince Panuccio. Pretty much, not for exactly the same reasons, but I'll give you some reasons for it. Just quickly, photos by Chris Thorogood, old Tappy D, on that one. Now look... I chose Vince's EK, you know, Versace, I love it, I love two-tone, I love EKs, the style that's really good. I really enjoy the fact that he's used an FB grill, I kind of prefer the FB grills to EKs, so I like that little feature of it too, but I also love the concept, now look, I don't know anything about EFI, I don't know anything about using computers to tune anything, I don't know anything about really computers at all, but what I do love, I love the concept of a blown and injected engine like in this EK, but it uses the EFI setup, you know, like just to make it so driver, user, street friendly. So I think it has all the, like the look of a, like say like a blown injected methanol engine or whatever the case may be, but it's like an EFI street driven E85 setup and I really like that whole deal. I guess for me, the car is not over the top, but it's really tough. Like, it's got a great stance. It looks good. Of course, mainly if I own this car, and like I do to any car that I choose, I just put a huge set of satin auto drags on the back and little skinnies on the front, but that's just what I always talk about. But the main reason for that is I always used to love Andy Fennick's Red EK, which he built back in the 80s, which was chopped, and that ran satin auto drags on it. So that's kind of why. Like, I... I do love the car as it sits, but if it was in my garage, and no offence to Vince at all and his choices, like I'm just not a big wheel guy, this is how it is, I'd probably just fit a huge set of auto drags and make best use of the massive tubs, yeah. I agree. The, that, that leads me into the money shot, the cover shot, so I've got a, obviously that is... <laughs> oh no! What are you doing? I'm ready to take you. I'm ready to take you on this on this you cover shot. Go. I'm prepared. You ready? You go first and I'll step back and swing from the ropes. <laughs> Okay, rightio. Can I just make a little comment on the cover shot? I'm going to put this challenge down to Street Machine Magazine. First of all, this is before I get into my main spiel about the cover. If there was ever an opportunity to chrome a diff housing in Photoshop, it was the cover of Street Machine September 2018. That XL Falcon, or XM, sorry, Falcon that's on the cover, right, it should be... You know, hey, can you see on the cover? You can see the centre of the the diff housing. Yeah, and it's a tough, like, candy apple red paints, tub, mini tub, all that sort of stuff. In Photoshop, I'm going to lay down the challenge. I'm going to use $1,000 of Redmond's money to challenge someone, street machine who does the graphic art, to actually put in Photoshop chroma diff housing You're on the cover. Right. You're so right. See, you can see that diff perfectly. You imagine if that was chrome, like, just in Photoshop, just, I don't know, get, like, the little eyedropper thing and take a sample of the bumper bar and do it to the diff housing. I'm sure they got the technology. So that's the $1,000 of Redmond's Money Challenge to Street Machine Magazine to do that. But <laughs> getting back to the main the main cover shot and my theory on the cover shot, you look at this look at this EK with the FB grill. Now look at the front of it where you can see the right headlight and you can see the bug catcher. Okay. The car, look at the grill. It looks like it's smiling. 
Do you agree? Yeah, Would yeah, you yeah. think that? Can you see what I'm saying? The car looks like it's smiling as it should be because it's cruising on the street with a sweet two-tone paint and a blowing EFI small block chev under the bonnet. Oh, you got me. Yeah, Drop the mic. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Job done. It is blowing. That, uh, I, I was just wrapped on the scene because it's blowing and injected into hold, and I'm like, that's the meat and tree veggies for me right there. I like it very, very much, man. It's uh, a very good cover car, and I'd agree with everything you said. However, yes, there's a, there's, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on the cover. What I really like is the way... Have you got it in front of you? Yeah, mate. Yep. The way that they've tucked the low-life font under the front bumper. So you say it's fine. You see how they've tucked it under there? Ah, yeah. That's what I like the way they've tucked that under there. That, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. The other thing is I was going to show this magazine to my American friend, but I yes. can't. I can't. Why is that, Redmond? Have a look above the T in Street Machine and read me them three words. Australian residents only. I couldn't show him. <laughs> Jesus. Look, it's only for someone who's going to try and win the HSV Colorado Sports Cat, okay? That's what's Australian residents only. I'm sure your friend across the, the ocean can read the entire magazine. But that's, that's the thing. Mate, I've had a fair few emails and texts even from people who really, really enjoy your car park article that I read on our 60-foot. Pissed funny, man. People have... Even old Munro 350, who is a bit of a grizzle guts, he even got a laugh out of it. What yeah. happened there? Cover. Some fucking tool has parked a Colorado on the top of my street machine font. Oh, no. Heaven forbid. What the fuck is up with that? <laughs> That's the person who can't colour between the lines. That's all that is from the car park thing. God, that's yeah. So that, that was my, that's my uh, view on the cover. I don't know whether it's, it's any good or not. But um, uh, Kelf wrote something in uh, his editorial. My absolute horrible, horrible... Happened to him with his EJ. Oh, mate, most definitely. Like, I, I kind of almost feel like we need to have a moment's silence to acknowledge that. And tell CJ, such an awesome car, and it's a car, it's a true street machine that it's been driven all over our fine country. And the thing is, it's part of his identity, you know what I mean? Like, everyone knows him from that car, and just gutted, you know, when I heard the news about that car being, being smashed. And it's a pretty serious, it's pretty serious rear end damage in it, too, as if. You read through his editorial, you'll see, and also from the photos as well, it's copped it pretty bad. I mean, look, the main thing is is that Telf's okay and no one else was injured in in the crash, but it's just such a sad end to such an iconic car from our modern scene, that's for sure. Well, not really. I wish the person hit him had it got fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah, well, they're probably texting or something, probably updating their Facebook status, about to hit a cool EJ, bang, you know, like it's just... Oh, how people don't pay attention, I don't know. Yeah. Into action, action Jackson. Obviously, mm. it must be hard to, hard to tell for what he does for a day job for him to put his EJ into shows and bits and pieces. And, and that leads perfectly into I'm picking this out of the magazine because I want to. I don't want to. I don't pander to Simon uh, Telford. He'll tell you that. I don't fucking pander to anybody. But the reason I, I picked it for my action. Except Jackson, your missus. Except Queen Deb. Yeah. Oh, I love that woman so much. She's so crazy. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Keep going. Your action, Jackson. Yeah, it's page 75 and page 5. Both are photos of the EJ. Page 5 is a photo out on the flat out on the way to Alice Springs. Perfect photo. That's just Australia all over, mate. EJ's out there just doing it, having fun. And page 75 is when they got punched in the ass. So that's yeah. Yeah. pretty ballsy. So if that can't be my action, Jackson, because I'm, I'm pandering to tell, 
Then uh, number seventy, uh, page seventy six is there's a green jeep in there, like a mass jeep. Yeah, yep. And the nut jobs that are driving it are dressed up as soldiers, and that's leads back into what I was saying. <laughs> about. It's so much fun. There's heaps of good action jackets. I could have picked three hundred action jackets out of the magazine, but that's that's to me what it's about. Just getting dressed up and just being a fucking nut job, eh? Yeah, well, that's half the fun for sure, or most of the fun in a lot of cases. Okay, so What's moving on from Action Jackson for me, page eight. Damien Kemp hanging his Mercury. It's like a Mercury Marauder. He's hanging that thing out at the mud run, full on broadside, and that's a big car. Like that's like, you know, hanging the love boat sideways. It's just a great shot, and you can just see he's full opposite lock. There is that much shit flying off the tyres. You just know that he's giving it the berries, and I think that's a fantastic shot. You know how I say to you that I can I can kind of almost tell who wrote an article by the content. Yeah, sure. Guess what happened to me when I hit page 10? Page 10's got that FJ uh, custom panel van with the mural on it. Oh, of course. Yeah, Pat Faze. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of opened up and I had a bit of a smile and I, I kind of read the credits and it's like Simon, you know, it's Simon, what, Simon Telford. Telford's not how you spell major. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done a bit of stuff on Pat Faze. Um, hearse in the past so um, yeah no definitely but the thing is too Telf's a massive fan of that car so you know it's it's it gives it a fresh look that's for sure from what you know something I would have probably said about it so it's cool it is a really iconic van from a really iconic guy who passed away a few years ago Pat Fay and such a larger than life character I guess in the Australian car scene and pretty much anyone who went to Summonats in the last 20 something years would be familiar with Pat as well and, um, yeah, no, so it'd be great to see him. Peter Fitzpatrick, I mean, we don't need to really go on about Peter, Peter Fitzpatrick. He's definitely earned his stripes and then some in the Australian car scene, like with his FC, and I always used to love his brom called the broomstick. So you know that the build of this car is in really awesome hands. Like, um, yeah, he needs no introduction, that's for sure. I agree. What um, what have you got for a tough shot? This must be nearly the same for both of us. must be nearly the same for anybody with eyes. Okay, now, just quickly, mate, before I wrap into tough shots, I just want to give you one more action, Jackson. If you flick to page 153, there's a picture of a CL 4-wheel drive ute, like a CL Valiant, which has been converted to a 4B. It actually runs a 289 Windsor motor, and that was actually featured in car magazines back in the day. That car was actually built by Shane Harvey, a.k.a. Grunter. Did you realise that? No. No, that's Shit. the same Shane Harvey who built Shane Grunter. So same guy. Yeah. He's so, yeah, you know, that guy's got some cool... Big time. Big imagination, that's for sure. Is that an old but photo or a current? It'd be an old photo, I'd say. That, that car was around 10, 15 years ago. I'm not too sure what's ever happened to it. I'll have to get on to Shane and ask him, but... um. Yeah, no, it was a pretty big, big deal back in the day. Especially, too, you weren't, you wouldn't see a lot of Valiants in car magazines back then. You know, it's pretty rare to see cool Valiants. It's not like today where you kind of get a Valiant in most, most issues. But um, it was definitely something different. Yeah, it was really cool. That's for sure. That's a good tough shot. Big time, especially covered in mud and shit, too. So what have you got for tough shots, mate? The only 4,000 horsepower VB in the mag. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd like that thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a great feature, isn't it? That is an outstanding feature, mate. Congratulations to um, Hoskins, Ian Kelly, and Telf. When they can produce... That's my my favourite photo shoot and article since uh, the FX Engine Bay. You know that one? 
Yeah, sure. The Graham yeah. Parker effects, yeah. Honestly, mate, congratulations. When they can produce something like that, it's crazy. The, the night photo shot with the uh, clear effect on the front end. Yes, yep. Crazy. Absolutely fucking crazy, man. And the thing is, like, 4,000 horsepower, it looks like a VB. And, uh, like, I think uh, you and I spoke about it. Oh, it's a fucking dragon. I couldn't give a fuck, mate. If I no, me fuck, either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I I definitely didn't have issue with it being a drag car. I was just more sort of, I guess, saying what you're going to read about from all the fuckwits who just can't look past the fact that it's not registered or doesn't get used on the street. It is an awesome car. That's a credit to Jet and all the guys who, you know, and girls who put it together and maintain it. And I kind of was surprised that didn't make your rig of the month. I thought for sure that you'd be all over that like a white on rice. It would have if I had a chosen one. I... I have asked a couple of times for people to send me their... Yeah, no, sure. Yeah. I just thought it was fair to, to, to air their stuff. It's funny, I sent... Because, you know, I get obsessive. I sent a, a message to Tel saying, that blue thing... I, I sent him, congratulations, that is a fucking ripper of an article. And he goes, truly, man, you've got to call Cape Canaveral and NASA because that thing fucking launches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the go. That's definitely the go. Look, I, I think for me... I had a number and I've whistled it down to four, okay? So I really had to try and concentrate and put on my best face to do this. Otherwise, I'll choose something from every page. My tough shots. Page 39, Vince's EK, that that rear three-quarter view, showing the, you know, really like the the guards and the cool stance of the car, right? I think it looks super tough. Um, Across page 60 and 61, this is Darren Wishart's LJ Tirana, the blue one. Just quickly, Darren's LJ was a very close second for me for Rig of the Month, and that actually was my poster child as well, my poster child choice. Now, I think what's really cool about that is I love I love the side profile shots like this where you've got a car like this and the pipes kind of fill up underneath like underneath the sills, you've got like the pipe work, and it's just again, it's a it's, it's got yeah. a great stance to it, great shape to start with. Yep, so I'm a big fan of that. Page one fifty, there's that blue E8 torching the rear tires, doing a huge burnout in the on any Sunday section. Yep. Page one fifty. Yep, yep, bad E8. Yep. Yep. Lastly, page one fifty, the same page as that blue E8, just scan up a little bit taller. You've got Mark Delacqua's gold XTGT doing a burnout. That's an old school pick from the Street Machine archives. That's the same as in Mark Delacqua. He's the guy who built that DMT351, the Escort, the green Escort um, with the blown Clevo as well. Same bloke. It's probably the same engine, perhaps. I always loved the fact that Mark used uh, velocity stacks on all his builds, like on as air cleaners. He's got the velocity stacks. It does look tough. And the other cool thing about this car too, this car used to be in Home and Away, like back in the 80s. Oh, um, right, that's cool. Yeah, like there was a couple of... I'm pretty sure he used to have a red one. I think this is the red one, just resprayed gold. Like he had a red one first, which is basically the same. And I think he just resprayed the red one, you know, in this gold color. But the really cool thing about this car being in Home and Away, there was a couple of characters. There was Lance and Martin in Home and Away. This is the really early years. And Lance, is a bit of a dope, but he actually wins like the lotto, like he wins heaps of money, and he buys this STGT, right? And they did show the car a few times in the show, like cruising it around. But I always remember one of the best scenes. Some actress who was on there, who was like playing, I think it was like Lance's girlfriend or something, 
this actress actually had to drive the car. And this, of course, had shitloads of power, like for what it is. And you can just imagine some non-car-knowing yeah. actress or anyone uh, who had didn't have the experience having to then move this car. And this chick in the show, she's hopped in, she goes to drive off after having a conversation with Lance or whatever, and she's on wet grass. And as she's driving off, you can hear the things doing like, 1500 revs like it's really low revs really low speed and as it's driving off you can just see it is just fully lawn hacked just fully grass hacked the the lawn <laughs> this is two big like mud stripes going up the lawn from where as she's just trying to idle the thing away it's just turning the tires like it's nothing else so i always remember that was pretty funny what i like about that photo Who's the fucking gene? Oh no, no. Who's the fucking champion that took the photo, man? He's standing in the line of that thing. That thing would be at five, six, maybe seven thousand RPM. And have a look at the photographer. He's up on it, eh? <laughs> That's danger money, mate, for sure. Did you see yep. the uh, photo to the left of it? Oh, the young, young. Oh yeah, the photo, of course, with you. Yeah, how could I miss that? Look at that. That's uh, after we finished it, or after we've done a good walk around that low fabrication. Damien uh, says to, to Broads, take uh, Red up and show him the other shed. So we go up there and the other gentleman there is obviously Aaron Gregory. On the right of you? Yeah. Yep. I don't really proclaim to know who's who. I don't know where everybody fits in sort of thing. So I just go, I was happy to be there, mate. So we go up to the top shed and he's got a rodeo and a few bits. And the reason I like... Mini trucks, as we could have spoke about it before, so he's showing me around this. And he goes, oh, Laurie built this front end, but I'm going to modify, change this bush here and this fairing. And we just spoke as, as mechanics, I guess. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, right, oh, he's going to change this bush. And like a complete tweet, I've gone, oh, who's Laurie? Oh, Laurie Starling, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah so I'm like, oh, that Laurie. Oh, I, I don't know who's who, but, I was, but then I started to pick it up and I was wrapped to be there, mate. And they were so generous with their time, these guys, and it was it was cool to be there and have a look at their stuff. They showed me around their cars and their bits and pieces. And No, it's cool that they include, like, people shots like yourself with those guys in there. It sort of, you know, adds a bit of character to the scene too. But I guess going on from that, do you have uh, Reader's Rockets for this issue, mate? I sure do, and you're going to be able to pick it. You're going to be able to – you could stand back at 100 metres and hit the broadside of it with a bowl of rice. Chelsea, Cinetar, Volkswagen. Yeah, I thought that Volkswagen would be up your alley for sure. <laughs> Volkswagen's bonnet. <laughs> there is never <laughs> there is <laughs> there is never enough Volkswagen in the street machine. It's it's on my list. I want to get a Dak-Dak. <laughs> I definitely want to get a Dak-Dak, man. That thing is spot on. I like the colour. I like everything about it. There's not a the thing with a Volkswagen for me, and I've, I think I've mentioned this before, they're a perfect club car. You pull the back seat out, you put a beanbag in there, and the beanbag, it just makes the car a whole different. Really like Volkswagens. I don't know why that is, but they're perfect. So I asked, um, we, of course, we want to get uh, Damien Lowe on the podcast. We're just trying to work at how to do a, uh, a three-way, how to do a three-way Skype. So Definitely a yeah. three-way Skype, not just a three-way, okay? Let's just snip that in the bud. Okay. Night, Skype. Just because you want to hug every motherfucker doesn't mean I want to be in there as well. Okay. Uh, Damon, I'd be happy. You could probably do better, but... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yep. Anyway, so I text him, can you let me know your readers ride? And I'll quote. He writes back, uh, I like Phil Curlin's Mustang. It has the pro-touring look, satin paint, good cruising that's different to all the other Mustangs that are out there at the moment. And he's right. When I look at it, it's a very good interpretation of that car. He's dead right. It's actually 
it's not a muscle car colour, like, you know, the red, the blue, whatever. And yeah, sure. Because if you were to pick a reader's ride, which is one of the most important parts of the Street Machine magazine, because we can all get our cars in there, if you were to choose a reader's ride, what would you choose? Oh, page 140, Tazzy's HK Premier. Look, it's a yeah. really neat and tidy car. Like, it looks really cool. I love that style. Uh, but I guess I think with this car, to be honest, it was the interior that won me over. It's kind of that red, burgundy, maroni kind of color interior of that thing. It just is, yes. It's a cool-looking car, and it, it runs like a tidy 307 small-block combo. It just To me, it just looks like a really cool streeter, something you could, you know, or a street-strip sort of car. It's just a really clean thing. So that pretty much got my Reader's Rocket vote for that. With that red interior, there's a great line, you know, the Australian band, folk band, I guess, the Waifs. Yeah, yep. They got that great uh, line about the interior in their song. It's uh, Fisherman's Daughter, and it's like this is the line from the song. I'm saving money's for I'm <clears throat> I'm saving money for a 1962 ruby red interior R series Valiant motherfucker nice. of a car. It is. Oh, I think the thing with this too is that as much as you know yourself from my builds, like I love stuff that's a bit different. Like as far as I mean, look at Disturbia, like. You know, I like stuff that's... I'm not really into restoring stuff, but I love factory interiors. Always have. Like, all of my cars, whether they be kind of mild or kind of be a bit crazier, I always do factory interiors. I love I love factory styles. I love factory colours. I love factory steering wheels, like, say, like the sports wheels. And even, in, like, Disturbia, although it's kind of wild and, and stuff in the back, like where I've decked out the rear, the front interior is basically a factory dead standard interior, apart from the shifter. So that that's kind of has a lot of appeal to me for some reason. And also, do it harks back oh, probably about probably 10 years ago. I actually had an HG Premier sedan, and that had a stroke of 308, like the old school stroke of the 330 offset journal one. And that had the mintest, it was like a turquoise car with a white roof, but that had the mintest turquoise interior in it. And that's just sort of one thing I always loved. And, and that basically sealed the deal on that car for me was that burgundy interior. But... You know, I guess another reader's ride, which I kind of then put under special mentions just so I could still talk about it anyway. If you look on page 143, there's Dua Arthur's HQ Vacation, a station wagon from Indonesia. You know, oh, I don't know if you've had much opportunity to sort of see some of the, the cars that these guys in Indonesia and Thailand build. Like, they do some amazing stuff. There's a lot of it on social media. And, you know, when you consider the sort of work that they do... They just make the most out of what they have or what they don't have. And some of the metalwork and stuff these guys do, because they don't they don't have the options like us just to go on, you know, look through the local trading post or whatever and have, you know, a reasonable amount of access to sort of good donor cars. They just build it. If they can't actually buy it, they just build it. Like there's one guy I'm following at the moment. He's got a VJ Valiant sedan. So you just your basic everyday Australian cries the VJ Valiant sedan, but he wants a Dodge Daytona. You know the wing Daytonas from the 60s? The, you know the ones that raced at NASCAR? They've got the big nose on the front, the big wing at the back. Like the, um, yeah, yeah, like the Kevin Monk car from Running an Empty. He wanted one of those. So, obviously, yeah. he can't get one. So, he's actually making one out of a VJ sedan. And I'm not talking like it looks like a VJ Valiant with a big nose cone tacked on the front and a big spoiler on the back. Like, this is actually your full-on... It's actually going to look like a proper date. It's converted to two-door. He's got the roof raked. Yeah, so it actually... It really looks... It's really coming together looking the part. But some of the other cars I've seen, 
There's like guys that are building Monaros out of HT Holden sedans or uh, Tirana hatchbacks out of Tirana sedans. But That's cool, yeah. It is. And like I said, if you can't, you know, and look, if you look closer, there's a couple of things that distinguish it from being like maybe a genuine original, but it, it doesn't really lose the impact. But probably my favourite, there's actually a guy over there who's got an EJ Holden wagon, but he's actually cut and shut this thing to fit on a BMW floor pan of running gear. And it's got, like, huge wheels and flares and stuff like that. And lastly, I'm not too sure. I'm pretty sure this is actually over in either Indonesia or Thailand, or maybe it's in the UK. I can't quite remember, so forgive me for that. But there's a guy building an Escort panel van. He's done the same. He's dropped this Escort panel van body over a BMW floor pan. So it's got, like, a six-cylinder BMW motor, and the thing probably will haul ass. And he's actually dropped this escort body, so he's then handcrafted all these flares and stuff for it too. And just they—they've really got great imagination, these guys. And you know, I, I take my hat off to them for the cool stuff they build. That's pure yeah. street, isn't it? That is the, the the genesis of the whole thing, I reckon. That's yeah, that's street. right. Yep, if you can't buy it, just build it the way you want it. And, you know, it's one of those things where it just impresses the shit out of me more than anything else. So, yeah, I'll have to send you through some stuff. And we'll post some of that stuff, too, on our Thong Slappers Instagram page as well. Just the, the last bit on the interiors. I was talking to uh, Matt Waters. Matt Waters at 55. Yep. Um, we were talking about – he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can quite legitimately say he's got a tiny penis and he won't hear this. But um, <laughs> what we'd like to ask from Disturbia, I think – I don't know how the gear shifter works in it. I don't know how them lightning rods. Would you, you and St. Lucy, be prepared to make just like a 30 or 60 second video and post up for us on how you use that shifter? Yeah, Please. sure. That's easy done. No, that's not worse. It's actually far simpler than it looks. What um, Redman's referring to is actually, I've got a set of Hearst lightning rods in Disturbia, and they're actually an automatic transmission shifter which uses three rods. So it's got like three push buttons on it. And, um, and look, purely, I bought those in from the States off US eBay when the dollar was good. Basically, that is something I always loved sort of as a kid and through you know my life after seeing them in cars. Very similar but not the same as the shifter that was in Howard Astle's Rock, um, the Rock XA sedan he built. His was actually more, I think his had four sticks, I can't remember. His is more like a kind of powerboat type shifter but it's a similar type of design yeah so no we can definitely get onto that and you'll find it's you'll see it's actually far simpler than um you know what it is but can i just say quickly it is a fucking miracle that shifter even got to me in australia at all just while you're talking hearst lightning rods so if i've got two seconds i'm just gonna let you know what the story is yeah go for it i bought them off a guy in the u.s off ebay you know, made sure that he was happy to post and all the rest of it. And I said, I sent him a message and said, hey, mate, can I please get a postage quote to Brisbane, you know, in Queensland, which is in Australia? Yeah, no worries. So anyway, got it all sorted out. He sends me the amount. I pay the amount over PayPal, so it's all sweet. Anyway, I'm waiting for these lightning rods. And it's been a few weeks, and I knew that they were going to take a fair bit of time. But, of course, with eBay, they have all your address details and all the, all the stuff. So... I'm waiting for these things to arrive, and finally a slip came in the in the letterbox for me to go pick them up. I'm like, oh, beauty, it's got to be the shifter. So I go to the post office, and the guy looks at the slip, and he does like a bit of a double take. He goes, oh, that's you. I said, oh, what do you mean? He goes, mate, he goes, you are the luckiest guy in Australia right about now. I'm thinking, did I win that $100 million? No, I didn't. Though. But anyway, I said, oh, how do you figure that? He goes, we've been waiting for you to come in. Anyway, he brings out this box of, with the shifter in it, and all it says on the address is Simon Major, 
Brisbane, Australia. Doesn't even have no no bullshit. I've got a photo of it. It just has Simon Major, Brisbane, Australia. There's no postcode. There's no street name. There's no suburb. That's all it has. So what this guy's done in America, this dipshit who I bought the shifter off, I've asked for a postage quote, you know, like to, you know, Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, not thinking that he was dumb enough to think that was my address. And it just happens to be that some champion who works for Australia Post has decided to look up, oh, well, there couldn't be too many Simon Majors in Brisbane, has actually looked it up and worked out and it's got to me. That shifter made it to me from America, and that's all it said on the packaging. Friggin' total miracle. How's that console as well that it sits in? Sorry to keep going back to disturb you, but how's that console that it sits in? That looks fucking excellent, mate, eh? <laughs> Cheers, yeah. I just made that at home with some craft wooden carpet and, you know, got out all my sewing skills or whatever. But, um, yeah, no, I really wanted to sort of make it a feature, and because it didn't come with any sort of like uh, housing or, or surround, I kind of wanted to go the full center console like like a show van would have had back in the day. And it just happened to be that the shifter, it kind of fits inside just for people who haven't seen it. The shifter, because it's got the three arms coming out for the actual shift rods, I needed something with a fair bit of diameter to make it fit. So I've actually, I made a bubble window pentastar, which I then cut to put the shifter rods through. And that sits, so the actual shifter rods come through a bubble window that's the shape of a penisar. Again, just trying to get onto that whole custom van thing. That was all that is, yeah. Pretty cool. We'll probably cover off more of it when we do the uh, panel van podcasts. Sounds good. Sounds good. Mate, did you have any other special mentions from this episode or this issue of Street Machine? Uh, Not really. Let me just read back through my notes. Uh, I just think it's... Uh, actually, yeah, we, we tell Spain that he got the, the tunnel now to kind of maybe replace uh, the EJ. We sent yeah. him a, uh, we sent you and I from uh, Thongspapers, we sent Colt a cold chisel tape so he can buy a tape player and he can listen to cold chisel when he's driving the thing. We also sent from Thongspapers Hutto, the guy that's had a bit of bad luck with a drag car. Oh, with the Sigma, yeah, yep. Yeah, these, uh, Brain operation. We also sent him a gear shifter. That's what I remind me. We sent him a gear shifter as well for his, his little car. Hopefully, we'll get that uh, big block Sigma smoking for us. If you want to know what's going on there, check out whatever Hutto's address is, is at Instagram. Yep, at Hutto1966. Whatever that's about it for the, for the issue for me. Let me have a look. Mate, definitely look. I want to have a quick chat about Smarty. I was going to quickly run through a couple of just my last little bits. Uh, special mentions, Chris Ethel's L300 with a turbo 1J six-cylinder donk in it. How cool is that thing? Fuck, that'd be a wild ride. Like, you're kind of sitting over the steering wheel. Imagine having that thing pitched sideways and just steering the thing. It'd be like friggin' trying to keep a bus straight and narrow. That's I've for sure. But a, I've had a couple of cool vans. Honestly, the dirt bike guys, we had vans. I've had a couple of an E300 with a 186 conversion. And I've had an L200 with a fucking world's biggest stereo. I know that's a bit gay, but that's how I bought the fucking thing. <laughs> no, Vans, you know, I, I lived in that fucking van. Uh, long story. <laughs> um, lastly, for me, I really enjoyed Tell's feature on Rod Hadfield at the Rod Hadfield book launch. 
I'm not going to try and say the title of the book again because I balls it up that badly last time. It's a bit of a tongue twister for me. I actually visited Castmate Rod Shop back in the mid-90s, probably 95. And I remember talking to Rod and he was really good, gave up his time to have a good chat and we sort of had a look through his collection. And I said, you know, mate, what's next? Like, what's next? What's your next project? And up on the wall there... He had a cartoon drawing of a Model T Ford, right? And that sort of was the logo for the Castlemaine Rod Shop back in those days. It was like a big Doctor's Coupe Model T with a twin-blowing Hemi-type, you know, motor in it. And I said, mate, what's your next project? And he pointed at that logo and he said, that. That's all he said. And, of course, within a couple of years, that Grandma Duck the black Model T he built, that fucking awesome, it's one of my favourite hot rods of all time, and it's got the twin-blowing uh, Ford Shogun motor in it. Yep. Do you know the car? Yep, that was that. So he was true to his word, yep, he transferred that thing from cartoon to reality, which is very cool. But um, I think, Redmond, you actually have our Thong Slappers copy of that book, don't you? I'll have to get yeah. that off you at some stage. Redby has said it to me. We'll, uh, we'll review it for the podcast. It's actually uh, Alison Hadfield's book. Yeah, yeah, but it's on Rod. Yes, yeah, no, that's right. So I'll um, I'll review that on on one of the further podcasts. I just have not. Man, I've got a pile of books here that I need to get to reading. I've my reading's been terrible. It's just fucking working for living bullshit. <laughs> that's right. Can you just do me one favour when you send that book to me? Can you please please make sure you haven't cut anything out of it? Like you haven't cut any pictures out of it? I'm not going to make you a promise I can't keep. It. Might, no, there <laughs> might be a bit of movies drawn in there. Oh, that's all right. There's no dramas. So, Red, that pretty much wraps up our September 2018 Street Machine Magazine review. But before we kick off and close off episode 15, I want to have a quick chat to you about the Street Machine of the Year. Now, have you had a chance to go through and look at who the candidates are for this year's Smotty? Absolutely, definitely have. I've even made a few choices. I don't know whether you want to do it on the next episode, but yeah, I've definitely had a look at them. No, smash them out now, mate. I reckon let's um, while it's hot. Right. Hit me. Shane Keane's EH Ute. That's going to be my uh, my smart idea. It's got a 400 cube uh, dark motor with a T350. It's got twin stacks, a tip on uh, clip on torner cover. It's got old school carbon scoop. I really like red cars now. Like I like HQ for you. I like Disturbia. I like uh, Terminator, uh, Grunter. I like red cars, and that thing for me is without a doubt my. There's two different questions. Does it deserve to be smutty, or is it my favourite car? So is it my Is favorite? it your favourite? I'll go with that one. Is it your favourite? Is that your choice? Yep, absolutely it is. What's yours? Mate, I will reveal that. But firstly, well, you just raised a very interesting point. So if that Red EHU is your choice, but what car is it that you think would actually win? Like, obviously, who you want to win is the EHU, but what choice of car, which car do you think will be the winner? The FX. Yeah, Graham, yeah. Graham Baker's FX. Mm. Yeah, great car, and I love it. It's a very, very good car. The article is really good in Street Machine, and that is normally a pointer. If the article's yes. really good, the photo shoot's good. It's It's got to be the most fairest street car contest uh, in the world almost because everybody gets to vote. Yeah, and it's yeah. interesting you say that. It's, in, it's a really interesting point because if I can just sort of backstep a bit here... It genuinely was done by Street Machine staff. Like, as far as we would get to nominate 16 cars a year that would go through a group email, and those nominations were put in 
And then they were the ones that were distributed for people to vote for. Like, it was a fair competition. But, you know, because people are fuckwits and they just want to always assume the worst, they would always say, oh, this competition's rigged. It could not be further from the truth. And as much as definitely opening it up to the general public is going to make the competition as fair as fair can be, there can be no question. If you've got an opinion about a car, put your vote in. Like, put your vote where your mouth is and, and vote for that vehicle. And the winner is going to be the car that's chosen. I mean, this stuff's regulated. Like, competitions are regulated like this. So I kind of miss that banter that we used to have back and forth, talking about the different cars and why you choose this and why you like that. But I think if people really want to have an opinion about Street Machine of the Year, get in and vote. That's the best way to do it, for sure. So, yeah. and Just editorialising that a little bit, if you vote, that makes you one of the judges in a car show, in Australia's most prestigious car show. So to editorialise that, you can quite legitimately say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I judged, um, you know, Street Machine of the Year this year. <laughs> well, it, it's not as crazy as it sounds. You're kind of definitely on the money there. And I think because Graham's FX, is, it's a multi-award winning car. I mean, it's Summonat's, you know, clean up the recent um, Summonats 31, like, that just goes to show exactly how popular it is. And that actually was the car, too. That was the choice of the car. That That's the car that I think will win, right? It's not my personal choice. It's not the car I want to win. But I think it's a car that's probably a car that will win. And St. Lucy chose the same one. She's, as soon as she looked through the 16, she said, I think Graham's FX is going to take it out. So, you know, it's, it's almost like the ex-boss of this competition, I think, in a lot of ways. So with its build history and with its, um, you know, like it's the impact it made on the show scene for sure. But I think for me, if I have to choose now, it came down to three. It can never just be one, can it? But I have got a choice amongst these these actual particular ones. My favourites out of those, Jason McGrath's Green LC Tirana. That definitely is up there for me. I love that car. Look, second choice for me out of a top three in no particular order was Shannon's Mark I Escort with the Blind 2503. That car isn't just pushing boundaries. It's destroying the fucking things, right? It's it's a great car. It's got so much imagination into it. And the third choice was Steve Bellier's XB sedan, the white XB as well. That was one of the first cars we yep. spoke about at length for the Thong Slappers podcast. I really enjoy. So basically, yeah, Jason's Green LC, Shannon's Green Escort, Steve's White XB. But I think if I have to make a choice from those three, it's going to be Shannon's Mark 1 Escort. Purely, I just love the imagination and creativity. It just really warms my heart, as we all know. So that's probably the, the one I'll choose and vote for for me. I'd agree. That, that Escort is just so cool. And it's got, got our number plates on it. So. Yeah, definitely. Hey, also, too, something you know, I like to go a bit back in time. If you flick to page 50, there's a Legends like page where it's got all the previous Street Machine of the Year winners. Do you have a favourite from there? Craig Parker's ex-wife. Yep. Just okay, can done. I think about that? Can I have five seconds to think about it? Yeah, sure. I'll just do Craig some intermission music. Craig Parker's ex-wife. Something that I've always... One thing, because he's a rider for Street Machine, so like that's somebody... But um, it looks like a fun car to drive. It's got the huge fat tyres on it. I like the Street Machine D. Uh, we spoke about this car before. I like the Street Machine decal on the uh, uh, glove box. It just fits in perfect for what I like. It's got the flared gauge. It doesn't look like a Hoey, a Phase 3. Doesn't, you know, XYs are a beautiful looking street car. I mean, they don't need to look like a Hoey for me. They need to look whatever the fuck you want them to look like. I just love them fat tyres on it. It just fits in perfectly. So what about you? What would your choice be? Okay, it came down to four for me. 
but I have I do actually have a clear winner. Right, Bill Murphy's Bill at Monaro from 1997. That was one. I love that car. Saw it in the flesh a number of times. Adam Barbaresco and Donny Kevrich's HK Monaro with the Brom tail on it, the black one. That was Street Machine of the Year back in 2006. Craig Parker's Tough X Y from 91. Love that car. And also Dave Bennett's HQ Monaro with the injected 454 very early on winner. I think it was 88 or 89, maybe. But of those, my legend Street Machine of the Year winner was Adam Barbaresco and Donny Kevrich's 2006 winner, the HK Monaro. It just encompasses so many things I love. It's black. It's got shit hanging out of the bonnet. It's got custom bodywork being the Brahm rear and the Brahm front. Just love the car. That that's of those four cars, that would be the car I would choose to have in my driveway and garage the most. I'd like that you mentioned Dave Bennett's car. That fits. Uh, that changed a lot of things. Though. That was a one of the cars that changes the tide, the styles and everything. It was a, you know they didn't copy anything. No, that's right. I mean everything from the paintwork with the graphics, the candy graphics. But even look at the nose cone of that car. It's an HQ Statesman nose cone that's been modified to run single headlights, which have then been modified to be, you know, LH Tirana. Of course, like say in a standard HQ nose cone with a single headlight, uh, like single headlight front, the LH Tirana square lights go straight in. Like it's a it's a screw-in swap, like it's take you five minutes. But what you never had was a single headlight front with a Statesman grille. So the fact that he's combined those two, it just gives it that different look but then to take that one step further and put the square headlights in it's kind of it's, it's morphing three styles into one and that's kind of imagination that we just don't seem to see a lot of these days for sure especially with bodywork yeah you could do a silhouette of that and tell Diddy done an article on it in the streams you could do a silhouette of that with no color no anything you can tell whose car it was exactly that's yeah. exactly right and that's just spot on there mate i couldn't agree more so well, Redman, that wraps up episode 15 of the Thong Slappers, mate. So thank you for coming along and thank you to everyone for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at the Thong Slappers, which is probably our, our primal home as far as any kind of social media goes. You can always email us at thongslappers at optusnet.com.au. And just a quick thanks. I'd like to thank you, Redman, for coming along and having a chat. It was great to catch up and get back on the road after a bit of a break. And also to St. Lucy for dropping by and telling a story like only St. Lucy can and of course Simon Telford from Street Machine Magazine who's always gives us unwavering support and free reign on uh, Street Machine Magazine which is you know really appreciated by us so mate that's really good going I think Hey I couldn't agree anymore it was fun mate I think this episode's going to be a cracker and it is always fun to have St. Lucy on there mate she's a keeper she's an absolute keeper but um, thanks very much for coming on St. Lucy and to Telford and to Broads and to, to Chubby and to fucking Brett Abraham, to Happy, to all the people that get on here and help us and support us. Thank you very much, because we, honestly, are having a fucking ball. Yep, that is for sure. So it's amazing how many people you kind of meet through this stuff. And I found in another couple of areas like social media, I'll make a post on something to do, say, on Facebook, something totally random, nothing to do with this. And someone will say, Simo, it needs a thong slapper. You know, and you get these comments and you think, oh, shit, you know, like that person realises, you know, who I am. And, and it's like a little bit of a private joke, I think, between me and whoever that person is, like someone I don't know, but someone who obviously follows us and enjoys the show. And uh, we really appreciate that. Like that's that's a means a lot to us that people have got on board so much with it. So, yeah, thanks to everyone. And we look forward to coming to you in, 
episode 16 with some serious 983. So cheers for that. We'll be back like a 16-year-old's wrist. <laughs> On that, mate, mate, I'm going to say goodbye. I'll chat to you later. See ya. Good night, I love it all. <laughs> Likewise. See you, mate. I heard that. I heard that swear word.